It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Ah, nostalgia, that warm, fuzzy feeling when we think fondly of the past. Warm and fuzzy is something we could use a little more of these days, and nothing is better at making us feel that than the music we grew up with. But even if you didn't grow up with it, you might have grown to love it long after its heyday. So today we're going to talk about the music of the 80s with two people who have a great deal of affection for it. The AJC's music writer, Melissa Ruggieri. Welcome. Hello. Hello, Shane. And uh, our radio and TV writer, Rodney Ho. So, uh, you guys recently did a story um, about uh, the music of the 80s and revisiting some of that. Um, what, uh, Melissa, what brought that on? Where did the idea come from to do that? Well, it's actually an idea I've had for years, and it's one of those stories that you kind of tuck away going, yeah, you know, it'd be really fun to do this one day, and you just never have time because regular life and work and everything always takes precedence. But then by, you know, late March, early April, when everything in the music industry changed so drastically and I was covering things differently than I had been and there weren't concerts to go to, I was out jogging one day, you know, trying to get my daily exercise and get in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was listening to my, my MP3 player that's on shuffle and Bon Jovi's She Don't Know Me came on, which is a song of theirs that I've always loved from their first album. And it's one of those songs that was a minor hit or a tertiary hit, as they say in radio, where it was the third single released not the most popular thing. And it just sort of reminded me how many songs from the 80s were out there and were on MTV at the time that never got the recognition that the the major hit got. And I know like Rodney and I feel the same way about this, you know, because we watched MTV so much growing up and he listened to, you know, radio and so did I. And, you know, and I'm a big fan of Sirius XM's 80s on 8. We hear the same songs a lot. And we just thought it would be fun to maybe remind people of some of the other hits from a lot of the biggest stars of the 80s. And 
when Rodney and I would be in the office together, which obviously hasn't been for a while now, but, <laughs> you know, we'd have these random conversations days about like, oh, yeah, remember that Debbie Gibson song from 1986 or whatever? And Rodney, of course, would know the, the day it charted and the, you know, where it charted and everything else. And I just thought, you know, this would be a really fun story for us to do and also to just kind of take our minds off of all the bad news that was out there and it would be something fun. So he was gracious enough to immediately say, sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Well, I know that, that yeah, something Rodney is, has always loved is the 80s music, right? Oh, well, look, I grew up, uh, my, my formative years, ages 10 to 20 is the 80s. So, of course, I, that's what I lived on. And I spent way too much time listening to the radio and following the charts. I was a huge top 40. You know, I listened to AT40 every week with Casey Kasem. So I, I knew the charts way too well. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was a, I was a little bit older, so I, yeah, a little bit older, so I missed you know. It's like, but the '80s were definitely you know very memorable to me too. Uh, but yeah, I remember listening to the top forty. I started much earlier in the in the mid '70s, I guess. So, <laughs> well, the, the the '70s are you know I have an older sister who's ten years older than I am, so I grew up hearing a lot of late '70s stuff. You know, when I was a kid, she'd be playing it down the hall. So I knew about Billy Joel and Fleetwood Mac and Barry Manilow and, you know, so many and the Eagles and so many of those bands that were so big in the late 70s. But once MTV started, that it was game over. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that was my daily come home from school and lay on the floor in front of the TV set for four hours and watch videos. And, you know, my 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 parents used to I, not hassle me about it, but, you know, there were days where my mother was like, can't you find something better to do? And I still like to remind her <laughs> to this day that it worked out OK. It was actually a good thing that right. I sat and watched all those videos. And, you know, I, I was a fan of Casey Kasem, too, and always listened to AT40 and, and stuff. But, you know, I know Rodney is definitely the the absolute savant I, when I, it comes I, to trying stuff. that stuff down. I have I still have all the. Um folders of years and years of me tracking the AT40 every week. So that's yeah. why I know all the secondary hits. I know what peaked at age at number 38 because I heard it right. for a week or two. And, it came <laughs> well, and, and what's, what's funny with some of these songs too is that there are a lot of them that we chose were ones that you might hear in the grocery store sometimes now, you know, I mean, cause sometimes those music, those music services that they subscribe to, and you know, I go to casinos a lot and, and they have the same type of music services there where you might hear that weird hit that not as, you know, not as memorable as, as the big hits were for some of these artists. Yeah. Yeah. At least those services, they can take some chances because they're not, you know, they're not a commercial operation, but yeah, you're a, com a commercial station playing 80 songs. They're going to pick the 30 or 50 biggest hits like B98.5 yeah. will only pick, you know, the, the obvious songs. They're going to, they're going to play purple rain or something, you know, right. out or take on me. Of course. Yeah. You know. When when they had, you know, in my estimation, sometimes these were better songs, the, the secondary song, the second single. And the other thing that always gave me this idea of wanting to do this story is every time I would see Rick Springfield go on a talk show up until, you know, the last six months, the poor man could have, you know, 800 different <laughs> albums out, something new to promote, and he's still being forced to play Jesse's Girl. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, the guy has had like 15 other top 40 hits, and he's had some, you know, really more substantial songs in this, and that's why he has the reputation that he does, because a lot of people don't know the, the breadth of his catalog. Right. And, and that would always just irritate me so much, too, that I would think to myself, you know, God, one day I really want to do a story that just outlays all these other songs, and... What was funny was when Rodney and I first started talking about it, obviously like via text and email and stuff, 
um, I said, well, why don't we just do like 15 songs each and we'll just do 30 songs and you know, that'll be that. And I had, a, I had a handful that I definitely wanted to do like Bon Jovi since, and Brian Adams. Um, I really like his song this time, as opposed to cuts like a knife or heaven, or those ones that most people know. And then Rodney came up with a handful that he really wanted to do. And as the, we, we probably worked on this over maybe two weeks, Rodney, I think it yeah, probably yeah, wanted to be. It, it was on and off for you know, yeah. the bulk of a couple of days. I spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we would start sending each other, you know, emails at one in the morning saying, oh, I forgot about this song. And oh, I forgot about this artist. And so suddenly our list of 15 each turned into a list of 30 each. And we wound up getting 60 songs for the story that about half of it ran in print, but the whole thing is online right. <laughs> on, on the music. Really on the music. Yeah, I read it last night. I was like, my God, this, this thing, did anybody <laughs> make it to the bottom i don't know <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of I artists think, i think some friends of mine did because i said to them and said you must read all of this right <laughs> well, funny, we, we didn't identify who wrote which one right so that was kind of interesting we ultimately didn't identify who did what right so i i i got to read yours and i realized i didn't agree with every single one i i i, I went for most of them a couple of them i didn't even know some of the songs you picked i don't know the rick springfield song and i listened to it and it was great Great song. Yeah. See? It's called Honeymoon in, where was it? Honeymoon, honeymoon in Beirut. Yeah. Beirut. Yeah. Okay. From his Rock of Life album. And you know, and, and these were, and the, the songs that we picked as the secondary song, these were still hits. I mean, these aren't deep album cuts that were we were choosing by any means. I mean, these were still songs that would have been played on radio at some point. They probably would have been spun, you know, 12 times a week instead of, you know, 150 times a week. And like Journeys, Don't Stop Believing. Obviously, you hear that song everywhere you go now. Oh, Thank you to yeah. the Sopranos. But, they, you know, they had a great song called Only the Young that Scandal originally did in 1984. And then it was used in the uh, Vision Quest movie in 1985 on that soundtrack. And so, I mean, that's not a song that you might necessarily... A, you know, immediately remember and associate with Journey. But when you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, that was really, you know, a good song. And, you know, Rodney, Rodney definitely found a few of, of my favorites, like with Rick Astley, um, It Would Take a Strong, Strong Man was your was your second choice. And yeah. I, I know I every time uh, that way, does I, come on. You, 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 by the way, we stuck. To, I, I tried to really stick to the 80s because there was a song from 1991 from Rick Astley. I really like Cry for Help, which I would have chosen, but I, I was a real stickler and stuck with the 80s. But I know you cheated on on um, Belinda Carlisle, no, or you, was it Tina Turner? Tina Turner, you chose the best, which came out in 1991. How dare you? <laughs> no, I thought I, I I have to go back and look. I think that I, everything I did check, it was at least released in the 80s. It might not okay. have charted until like uh, 1990. And it was the same with um with Belinda Carlisle the the single that the I sand, yeah no 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 um, did you just leave the light on which, which one did you pick yes. I don't remember that I know now I have to now I have to look yeah. wait hold that thought one second <laughs> so many this that we forget list. yeah yeah this yeah, is a long yeah. list yeah yeah where is uh yeah I remember though I remember specifically checking the Belinda Carlisle song and saying yeah you know I could probably get away with this as long as it you know, was released Summer Rain. Yeah, it, it actually, it was on her 1989 album, but it didn't chart until 1990. Well, I think but that's since it was on, The album came out, yeah, yeah, exactly. The album came out in 89, yeah. so, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, and, and we did have that, yeah, Rodney's right. I mean, there there was a Richard Marks song that I was looking at and a Def Leppard song that I was looking at, and both, you know, were like 91. And, and some of these artists, yeah, like Richard Marks, you kind of can't remember if he started late 80s or early 90s as a that blurry period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of them. 
Um, but it, and it was fun. And then when I when I put the story online, I actually went on YouTube and found videos for every single one of these songs, and either embedded a video like every few songs, or I at least linked to it when you know at the mention of the song. So at least when people are reading it and they see the name of the song and they go, I don't know that song. Well, they could just click on the link and then they could be taken to the video for the song right. and then go, and then go, I still don't know this song, <laughs> which, <laughs> which might happen a few times too. But, but again, these are not really obscure songs that we chose. Um, everything is something that you would have seen on MTV at some point. Like Rodney mentioned, aha's take on me. I mean, the, the, the song that we chose as, the one not to forget is the sun always shines on TV. Yeah, and which is a song that I really like that Rodney hates. <laughs> oh, I hate that song. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not. A, I did not approve. He oh. did not approve. <laughs> what would what would what would you have chosen though as a secondary song for Aha? I don't know. I mean, I, I was not a huge Aha fan, so I. I <laughs> you were just left it. him off the list completely. <laughs> I remember I had the album, hated it. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, it's okay. I don't. I don't really. You know, it, it's fine if people don't agree. Or and, and that's what's kind of fun about these lists too is that even if you don't agree necessarily with our you know our choices in artist or song or whatever. So, you know, think of your own. It's totally cool. I don't mind. I, I did get some nice emails from people who appreciated the little you know bit of a, a digger deep a deeper dig yes. <laughs> with, yes with these and uh you know and i got some other meaner ones about how'd you forget this or why'd you include that and you're an idiot and whatever and you know it just comes with the territory and, and that's well, fine but but you kind of just want to say look you know it's it's music it's music from you know 30 years ago we were just trying to do something fun and again to you know sort of take your mind off of everything that's going right. on right now and and have a little bit of nostalgia woven in there as well and and I don't know. I mean, it, it's really one of the most fun stories I've done in a really, really long time. And I'm glad to have finally been able to do it with somebody who appreciated the the concept as much as I did and was as enthusiastic about it as I was. I, I'm an all, I grew up on Long Island where they had a commercial alternative rock station that played all new wave. So a lot of my picks were new wave acts, if you'll notice. And um, I also seem to like female artists. I, 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 I quite a few. <laughs> so that, that there you go. Um, and by the way, I love you're a hair metal person, Melissa. And I'm not as much of a hair metal person, but I love that Cinderella song you picked. I didn't know that song. It's a great song. See, people is. people forget about yeah. Cinderella. <laughs> I, was, I was very happy about that one. I was like, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I, I had to turn on the video to hear what it was. And and, I, and you know that's why I said it. I definitely wanted to include an instant link for people to be able to hear something because when you read it and you see it. You know, you might say, oh, I got to look that up later. And then you forget all about it. But, you know, when it's right there and you can click on it, why not? Um, now, I now completely she forgot about Toto's Pamela. Yeah. That thing actually charted. And yeah. It, it has a great chorus. So I was like, oh, okay. It was their last top 10 hit. I mean, it was a pretty big hit for them. And and I will say, I not that I not that I cheated, but probably about a week before you and I did this, I was doing a, a Zoom call with a good friend of mine who's also a, a big 80s music person and also has a lot of... Um, obscure knowledge of bands and facts and things and he he gave me the toto song and he gave me one other that we were talking about that i had kind of forgotten about and what's funny rodney is that you and i were just talking yesterday about falco and kind of went oh yeah he would have been a good one to include too oh, vienna calling vienna yeah. calling instead of rock me amadeus so you know this list easily as long as it is it easily could have numbered in the hundreds and then oh, we'd be that been frightening yes we'd be boring everybody to death except ourselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, mean, I tried to. There were a lot of '70s bands that that charted in the '80s, and I think we tried to avoid them. It wasn't too complicated to include the Eagles or yeah. Steve Miller Band, or yeah, yeah. a lot of those acts. 
Donna yeah. Summer. I thought about doing Donna Summer, but most of her big, big hits were from the 70s, you know? So right. Kind of- and and I think we did, I think we did kind of, um, you know, zoom in particularly on 80s acts. And, and yeah, I mean, and I, I picked up a couple of songs from you too, Rodney, the Crowded House song, Better Be Home Soon. I actually did not remember that song. Um, and the Asia song you chose was a different one than I would have chosen. Um, the Smile Has Left Your Eyes. It's a totally sappy your song, but I love sap. Hey, That's I love sap too. Sap. <laughs> yeah, you're a Barry Manilow fan, right? I am a Barry Manilow fan. I will admit that proudly. I don't care. I love Barry Manilow. I, I like melody. I, I do. I, I like melody and I do like sap sometimes, not all the time. And right. Barry was great at both of those things. And um, yeah. I'm not that embarrassed about it anymore. I don't care anymore, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, um, yeah, there's no shame in loving Air Supply, and we went right. we actually took an Air Supply concert. So go figure. And of course, you know, we have an Air Supply member living here in Marietta, so <laughs> that <laughs> that know. makes it even that Thank makes it even cooler. Yeah, yeah. Now, Shane, I know if if you were to do something like this, there would probably be a lot of REM. And, well, um, the thing like, is that yeah, th- but they didn't really have hits until later, you know, that's kind true. of. So they had a few in the '80s, I guess. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, but it's like for me. I mean, I I was a little older. I guess I I had sort of graduated to to you know the indie thing. It was cooler and all that. Sure, you know. you're cooler than we are. Come on, Shane. You always have been. Uh, well, <laughs> no, but but you know, I still loved I still loved tons of top forty stuff too. So, and you know, you you mentioned Aha, and I would put in a vote for the Living Daylights, which I adore. That's a good song. So. That's a really good song too. Yes, yes. I I, I was a little torn. The James Bond movie. The James yeah. Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. Right, fair enough. Yep. Yeah, they did that. So yeah, and that's there's uh you know there's tons of things that 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 I love from the eighties. Uh, you know, I recently got a turntable again and i'm buying vinyl and probably the vast majority of that stuff is from the 80s you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what did you have to rebuy shane oh god tons of it well because it was all gone um i mean i i basically lost it way back in the it, well back in the 80s really um the vast majority of my vinyl uh i moved here from boston in 1989 and that's the last i saw of it so, so what you mean you didn't bring it with you or nope. it just got lost along nope. the way? Yeah. I did not bring yeah. it with me. Um, yeah. Shame on you. Yeah, I know cuz oh lord, I would love to have all that stuff. Now, I mean, I had you know, more than a thousand, I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. thousand. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, it was huge. That's one reason why I couldn't bring it with me. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, like that, that would have taken up your entire car and then some. Yeah, it really would have, and there was just no way. And I, I'd always meant to go and get it, and it just never happened. It's just one of those things that that I regret. But um, you know, I've I've actually managed to uh, collect quite a bit over the last year and a half or so. Um, it's a lot more expensive now. Than oh, it, was it is. It really, really <laughs> is. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. it's wonderful to to hear it like that, you know. Um, it, it's I, I'm not that crazy audiophile guy who you know is like oh I have to. But it's there's something about it, you know. There's well, something about the tactile nature of putting on an album. Absolutely, you know. I I forgot who I was talking to. It was, it was an artist recently who was listening to a lot more vinyl. You know, now that we've been stuck inside, and I think it may have been Amy Ray actually, the Indigo Girls, who said. You know, listening to vinyl is a very patient 
type of listening because you actually have to like get up to turn the album over. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and it's so true because you know when we're so used to you know if you're putting on a CD or if you're you know streaming something off your computer or whatever, you know you put it on, you go about your day or whatever you're doing in the room, and you don't really think twice about it. But an album, you do have to pay attention to it a lot more, and then stop to get to, to the b-side yeah yeah and and it's a lot harder to skip things you know it's like yes. with a with a cd with streaming you're like oh i don't like that I skip it you exactly. know and you don't exactly. often don't give it a chance and i mean i think that that feeds right back into what we're talking about these songs that have been forgotten in a lot of ways because you know radio plays the hit and they rarely are going to dig much deeper than that right. um and- and, you know, and I mean, so many people when streaming, you know, started to take over physical copies of music, you know, would say, oh, well, it's about time that I don't have to spend, you know, $12 on a CD and only listen <laughs> to, you know, the two songs that were the hits. Well, right. I, I get that. But also the point of the other songs is so that you listen to them, too. And maybe you don't like them as much as the as the hit because you don't hear them as much. But it doesn't mean they're not good songs in their own right or that, you know, some of them right. might not be good songs. Well, I mean, artists them. created albums for a reason. They were, they were, they were a story, you know, they would often create. It as, a, as a story yeah yeah and that's not really the case now people just throw out singles right and, and they, they they take a lot of time and, and effort in sequencing those albums so that they yeah. you know work together but right. I, yeah i do think that that artists sort of you know they they shot themselves in the foot by by not by not editing their stuff because once right. cds came along albums became a little too long and mm-hmm. CDs, the cds made it longer yeah right because yeah you're right vinyl forced you to have a, only a certain length right you, you can, so you're picking the best of you're exactly. picking the best of what you had yeah yeah, yeah. and when you know when you could have a 22 song cd <laughs> yeah and and it's rare that people are going to have that much good stuff it's like exactly. there's a reason that that you have editors we all need them and you know sometimes these artists should have just said oh well well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we Let's should stop indulge. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was the double albums. Remember the Peter Frampton yes. yep. album? Yeah. Cheap Tricks. Cheap, cheap Trick in color and in black and white. I, I remember that having that album. But, but you know, it, it, talking about like, Rodney, you were just saying about um, concept albums. Butch Walker just put out a, a concept album slash rock opera, however you want to term it. And it's really brilliant. I, I, I recommend it to anyone. It's called American Love Story. And, you know, he's he, says, he has an 80s sensibility about him. Right? He I mean, really does. Is, he loves yes. 80s music. And he said musically he was inspired um, by 80s music as well as the Time Life 70s collection type oh of the am am mind. radio you know <laughs> so so musically there's a i mean there were there are a couple songs when i talked to him a couple weeks ago i said this song sounds like a toto song and this song sounds like a richard mark song you know and you know and he agreed that he was looking for a certain production sound in a lot of them but lyrically it's it's much different than it sounds musically i mean lyrically it's um very insightful it's a lot about racism and growing up in the south because he's from cartersville and you know just what he experienced growing up and how the world has changed but a lot of people in it don't want to like that type of thing but point being um the fact that it's a concept album he he wrote it two years ago and said he was reluctant to put it out because he didn't know what to, he didn't know how to market it because he figured if he went on tour you can't just play like two songs from a concept album. It doesn't make sense when it's taken out of context. And he didn't want to necessarily put his fans through sitting through 60 minutes of stuff they might not know. 
And he wasn't really, you know, that's why he hadn't released it. But then once the, the pandemic came along and there was no touring, he thought, well, OK, this seems like a perfect time to put this out because people have time to sit and listen to stuff now. And he's hoping that, you know, that's what will happen. And and I kind of hope that, too. You know, I, I, I know I've talked to a lot of people who have been listening to a lot more music now that, you know, we haven't been able to do a lot of this. You know, we can go out more now, but there still isn't live music. There still aren't sporting events. There still aren't, you know, any type of event theater or whatever that we would normally if you're into that, like we are, would be spending time doing. So, you know, maybe this time has given you the opportunity to go back and look through your 80s music collection if you grew right. up then, <laughs> or go back and look through your 70s vinyl collection and and dig some stuff out. So, you know, it, it's kind of a cool thing. And and like I said, I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that in my career, I was able to check off that <laughs> box of, I want to do a story about 80s songs that people don't remember or care about, except I do, and now Rodney does too. <laughs> right. Yes. The only good thing that's come out of this pandemic is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, not the only. No, I mean not that anything really good has come out of this pandemic. Not much, but, no. but but to, having having time to do stuff that you know we probably wouldn't have had time to do before just because oh, no, of, not just because close. of life. Yeah. yeah. No, not even. Yeah, you, you you would have gone to 30, 40 concerts by now, right? Yes, in the past two months. And I, and I miss at least going to 10 of them. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that, uh, you know, it's it, it you know, that's a way to get music that you, if you you were used to going to concerts, when you're home, you can sit and enjoy it and and really I mean, you can take it in more. It it I don't know, it feels like you're spending time with it. Yes. Um, and, and really absorbing it more than you might have in the past. Or, and, and maybe appreciating it more or, you yeah. know, or stuff that you hadn't listened to in 20 years. And right. you go, oh, yeah, I remember that song. That's really cool. I don't know about everybody's cable system, but I know Comcast has MTV Classic. And I will say that my husband and I have actually turned to it many a night when, you know, we're, we, we cannot watch any more news and we cannot watch anything else we have on TiVo or Netflix. And we're just tired of, you know, everything that's on, on TV. And and they do a segment called an 80s, an 80s block. And, you know, they have an 80s block, they have a 90s block, they have a metal block, you know, they have all kinds of, you know, theme stuff. And when the 80s stuff is on, it might be on for three hours. And, you know, we'll just flip that on in the background while we're doing stuff on our laptops or whatever. And, you know, it's like, oh, hey, here's that Depeche Mode video. I haven't seen that in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I find that I I do the same thing with uh, YouTube. I'll just, you know, Mm -hmm. be sitting there on the, you know, the TV remote and, hey, I can go to YouTube here and just watch (laughs) these old videos and and, or old live performances even. Yes, you know? YouTube on YouTube via TV is a very cool thing to do. <laughs> it really is, yes, and and I, I've done it quite often, you know, especially after a couple of bourbons. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I discovered that with our Amazon Fire Stick, there's actually the SiriusXM app is on there. So since I have to cook every night now, which is not in my nature at all, <laughs> I've I've been that's sort of my routine. Is I I turn on the SiriusXM app and I put on either the '80s channel or sometimes the Yacht Rock channel, depending on the, how the day had gone. <laughs> <laughs> or you know a classic rock station or something and and I'm you know and I'm able to listen to that in the same room while I'm cooking which is kind of a cool thing too and and you know Rodney and I both listen to Sirius yeah. a lot and even though a lot of their playlist is as tight as a radio stations would be they do throw in these things called auditory gems and that's when you might hear one of these songs like one of the ones that we would have mentioned as yeah, the- yeah yesterday I pointed out that they played Mike Post's theme from Hill Street Blues wow. which is yeah. hilarious 
Although that was the a other big day, hit, wasn't it? it was, was a, well, see, that's the thing. The other day, I, I texted Rodney. I was driving, and when I when I parked a car, I texted Rodney and said, um, "Would you consider Robbie Dupree steal away an auditory gem? Because I really don't think that's I, that was a hit." <laughs> yeah, know? that was it. Was it was a major yacht rock hit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the theme to Hill Street Blues was a hit too. So you know, yeah. I, I think they're looking at the most general consumer of 80s music possible and right. people who really only remember you know culture club's karma chameleon but couldn't name you another culture club song you know so right. so to them you know robbie dupree or mike post would be an auditory gem to me you know bon jovi she don't know me or brian adams right. this time is more of something that digs a little bit deeper um but but i do you know rodney and i both really like listening to the top 40 countdowns that they do or uh, vj what's it called the the vj Top 40? Yeah, I, yeah something like something that. Like yeah. that. Um, the uh, MTV, three of the original MTV VJs, yes. And, and what's cool <laughs> about it is, especially the early countdowns, because they, they take a week from any year in the 80s. So it might be whatever the week is in May in 1982, whatever. And when you hear those songs between number 35 and number 40, it's this weird amalgamation of country. You know, you'll you'll hear... <laughs> Like uh, an Eddie Rabbit song, and yeah. th- and then you'll hear a Donna Summer song, like back to yeah, back. Yeah, that was the, the urban cowboy effect. Yeah, I, guess. I think you're, I think that's exactly what it was, Shade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Ronnie Milfat, Juice Newton. Yeah, they were right, there. Yep. right. And, Bridge Boys. And that's what's kind of cool too, is because you hear a lot of those songs that you don't hear a lot otherwise. And sometimes I'll, I'll know it's the countdown immediately if it's you know Melissa Manchester's. You should hear how she talks about. You're like, oh yeah, this is not a song wow. that they normally play in their rotation. Yeah, you're not hear stars on 45 <laughs> unless it's on a countdown. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or hooked on classics. No way. I know. We were just talking about them the other day, Rodney. What, what were we talking about? Yeah. Just the fact that they existed. Oh, that was, was Pac Man fever. Mm. It was just you know a silly early 80s novelty songs hey that but but you have actually you have something to talk about as far as pac-man fever right oh uh, there is uh, the 40th anniversary of pac-man's coming up so there's a book out and the, the local one of the, the one of the guys who did pac-man fever is from atlanta so i'm gonna huh. talk to him oh okay <laughs> that's mr cool. garcia right yes yeah buckner and garcia garcia god rest his soul he died a few years ago oh this is this is jerry, jerry buckner, buckner you're talking to. yeah okay yeah, jerry buckner's still alive yes uh, okay yeah, I was going to say, know. what's the other? It's like Buckner and Garcia. That's that's what it was. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were. I think they were also TV theme song writers. I mean, they, they were they were novelty right. jingle types. You know. Yeah. So they just latched onto that that trend and did a whole album with like fro- a song about Frogger and Centipede. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Wow. And I'm sure it went at least gold, if not platinum, because that's what happened back in the day, right? Yeah. Even bought albums. Yeah. Even yeah. albums like that. Yeah. Or 45s, yeah. you know? Well, Rodney and I have been uh, talking about our next uh, our, our next thing that we're going to tackle are TV theme songs, like the best TV theme songs. Cause right. Yeah. I could bore people yeah. with that all day, too. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Nope. That, yeah. That's coming soon. Yeah. They don't seem to have those as much anymore. They don't. They're, they're, and it's a travesty. Yeah. Well, broadcast TV was because they, they, they keep kept on adding more ad time yep. and they didn't have time to run an actual lo- minute long theme song. Right. HBO still does it because they don't have to worry about ads. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't care. Yeah. But I mean, the the thing is that those TV, a a lot of times those TV theme songs, they basically would set up the story for you. It's like, it's like Gilligan's Island. If you'd never seen Gilligan's (laughs) Island before, you know, it it told you the whole story of how, how they got where they are (laughs) right there in the first 30 seconds or whatever. And the love boat, you know, people were really stupid back in the sixties. They needed to explain the show up front. Right. Right. This high concept of, of a three hour tour that went wrong. (laughs) No, that's so, 
so true. And, you know, even some of the cable shows, though, Rodney, even their themes tend to be instrumentals and not necessarily something that's going to set up the show or give you an indication of what the show might be about. But but instrumentals, you know, as maybe we'll talk about when we do this story in the next few weeks, um, like 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 Hill Street Blues, you know, or Miami Vice. I mean, instrumentals certainly right. were notable TV theme songs, too. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I miss the fact that that no sitcoms or anything now really have them um bygone era <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, you know to, to bring it back around to where we started uh which was you know the uh the obscure more obscure hits of the 80s uh is there was there anything that you guys um forgot and later thought of that you didn't put in the story and you're like oh i wish i'd put that in there well falco Definitely. Oh, right. You mentioned which, Falco. Which was literally yesterday that we thought of that. Right. I, you know, I, 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 if I see some of those videos pop up on MTV sometimes, it will remind me of an artist I might have forgotten about. And, you know, I did have to cut a few, and I can't remember off the top of my head who they were because I, I was trying to limit it at this point to 30 for myself right. and then 30 for Rodney. And then we would also communicate like, hey, are you doing so-and-so? Because we didn't want to overlap, obviously. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, we didn't overlap that much overall, so that was that was interesting. No, it, we didn't, and and I know there were a couple of artists that well, I think you had talked about maybe doing Kenny Rogers at one point, but then it it was just too I hard. Kenny, well, Kenny, all his ballads were just kind of the same. I mean, I, I liked them, but none of them were especially great. And in the grand scheme of things, a lot of his early '80s ballads they were just they were very similar, and it was hard for me to pick one. I just couldn't pick one. Yeah. To to. You know, that was obscure. And plus, most of his hits were really big hits. There wasn't anything overly obscure right. about most of it. Right. That that was an issue we had with a couple of artists, too, is that everything they released, everybody would be familiar with. Like Lionel Richie, I think I was one of the artists that I thought, hmm, okay. And then I looked at, you know, his, his chart history, and there really wasn't anything that I think people wouldn't necessarily remember. Uh, or, right. I mean, you know, if you if you put all night long as the you, hit, and then you, what? You hello. Don't remember ballerina girl. <laughs> after all. These- God, I, I oh. hope not. <laughs> what was that? Ballerina girl. Ballerina. Penny yeah, Penny Lover was a but Penny Lover was a, a <laughs> decent hit. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that one. That that song. Mm, no. <laughs> wasn't my favorite no that that and Ball- ballerina girl and penny penny lover was okay ballerina girl i never really want to yeah hear there's it. a reason we don't remember those as well some I of think. them yeah yeah and yeah. and as rodney said i i am a big hair metal person or i you know i was during that period and i know a lot about the bands of that era it's also when i started playing drums so it was the fun yeah. stuff to play at the time too and there, yeah. there were a few of those like warrant that i thought well okay you know maybe i'll do warrant and then i kind of went eh, i'm just gonna do warrant or cinderella i'm not doing both yeah you, right. you, you didn't do white snake Did, or motley no crew. I, I didn't do motley crew and um you know a, a lot of those uh, because really the list could have numbered in the hundreds if I, yeah oh of course yeah we could have covered almost every band yeah, yeah. Of, of or Tiffany, right. you know, we did Debbie Gibson, but we we left Tiffany off. But um, although I think I looked at her, I had a hard time with Tiffany. I'm sorry, there, there wasn't anything. Yeah, that stood out. And again, she yeah. only had a couple of singles, and a couple, and a couple of them were covers. Right? I mean, yeah. Like a, exactly. Geez. Exactly. And they were all hits. Also, the the, the handful of songs she yeah, released. All. So I I don't think you know I I know like with Cool and the Gang, 
Celebration is a song that I literally told our wedding DJ if he played it, he was not getting paid because <laughs> I, I, I did. did the, he, the day we hired him, and he didn't. And I said, I don't care who requests this song. <laughs> you are not playing this song. I hate that right. song so much. But I had totally forgotten about Let's Go Dancing, Ooh La La. And, and I, had, I just thought it was funny because it's a, it's a comparable song right. and, and it's light, but it's, 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 not, it's not a great song, but I thought it was a fun it's song. It's a fun and song, like, yeah. But that was one yeah. I had to go back and listen to when I saw that you chose it. I was like, you know, do I, do I know this song? And then when I listened to it, I went, oh, yeah, I know this song, of course. But, you know, it, it, there, there were um, probably at least 10 or 15 artists, though, that we probably both had thought about adding on and, you know, maybe had to do some shuffling around add one in, take one off kind of stuff. So that we'll, we'll, we'll do the sequel. It was already excessive. We, we were way, we were way excessive already. So right. I know, right. I know it, 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 it admittedly is, was an indulgence for me. And I figure after, you know, writing about music for 20 something years, I, I could be allowed one of those every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it makes perfect sense because like I said at the top that, you know, nostalgia is, you know, it's something we can use a little bit of now. It's the warm, fuzzy feeling that, you know. And we showed a lot of, you know, after, you know, with television, a lot of people watched, you know, ra- rather than watching new shows right after the pandemic started, a lot of people were watching The Golden Girls. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Apparently super popular. Huh. I, I do. Yeah. I watch them every night at two in the morning <laughs> or one in the morning. <laughs> I mean, well, I have it on like while I'm, you know, feeding the cats their snack and stuff like that. But, right. but talk about great theme songs. See, that's a, that's another show that has a very memorable right. song well and that was but that and 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 that oddly enough was a hit long before it was yes. a because it, it you know it was just a remake of a song that was a hit right. from the 70s andrew gold uh, I think yep. with bosom buddy too with mm-hmm. billy joel right that was a remake of a billy joel song that's true yeah yeah yep. Yep. See, I, I see a story, Rodney. I see a very long no, story. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing a podcast on that very soon, yes. Yeah. Hey, it all it all works together with TV theme songs. So that's that's perfect. It, right? it does. But but I am really I, there. Really isn't anybody I could ever think of in my life who I would want to have worked on this story with, and Rodney because he's the only person I've ever met who has the interest and knowledge and passion for for this nonsense right. like I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out really well. All right. Well, cool. Well, well, thanks so much for uh, talking about the, you know, these uh, uh, the less well-known hits of the '80s, and uh, remind people to go and check it out online. It's it's on the Music Scene blog, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so go to AJC.com and uh, head to the Music Scene blog to find uh, the story, um, and you'll see the full list of uh, Melissa's 30 and Rodney's 30. All mixed up together. Uh, all mixed together, yeah. So all mixed up, know. yeah. So we you get to guess up. whose is whose. <laughs> and, and videos, <laughs> don't forget, and videos, too. Oh, right, right. So links to these some of the so- the songs that we've mentioned, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, you can shoot us a, an email saying, hey, you missed this one. Or sure. you know, if you got suggestions for, you know, future things like this, we'd love to hear it. So um, so just let us know. So once again, thanks so much, Melissa. Thank you. And thank you, Rodney. All right, thanks. And uh, we'll do this again soon. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had, and we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience, and the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. Following the death of Macon-born rock and roll pioneer Little Richard, Bo Emerson spoke with two Atlantans who performed with the flamboyant legend. Find out what it was like to work with rock royalty. 
Freelancer Julia Bookman talks with Marlo Thomas and husband Phil Donahue about the new book, What Makes a Marriage Last. The couple share the stories of other celebrity couples, including President Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter, Rodney and Holly Robinson-Pete, Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone, and Lily Tomlin and Jane Wagner. The book comes out just as Thomas and Donahue approach their 40th anniversary on May 21st. Theater critic Bert Osborne writes about Aurora Theater's efforts to bring their work to audiences via social media, the company's website, and in the latest offering, something called CyberStage. This weekly event features members of the Apprentice Acting Company performing original shows written by up-and-coming playwrights that are streamed live via the video conferencing platform Zoom. Journalist Lisa Napoli decided to go back in time to chronicle how CNN came into existence in her new book, Up All Night, Ted Turner, CNN, and the Birth of 24-Hour News. The book marks the 40th anniversary of the network's launch in 1980. Rodney Ho talks with Napoli about the book and its central figure, Ted Turner. And finally, retail stores have suffered during the pandemic, and record shops are no exception. Some have posted GoFundMe campaigns to help them stay afloat and pay employees. Some offer mail order and curbside pickup, and now a few are slowly reopening their doors to customers. I checked in with some of them to see how the business has changed for local independent music retailers, including Decatur's Wuxtree, which reopened on May 4th, and Comeback Vinyl in Alpharetta, which is doing mail order and curbside pickup. Read all of these stories at AJC.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.